What is up? Welcome to the show, giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. All about me, check out jasonqualls.cfp.com, J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. Jump in with questions, comments, click email the show at Financial coachingradio.com a big part of a financial planner's role in a client's life is retirement planning investment management those are usually the big financial goals that one has not the only there are many different financial goals many different financial issues to address in comprehensive financial planning it goes all the way from risk management insurance planning all the way to estate planning wills powers of attorney and trust of course, tax planning, retirement, college, uh, debt reduction, debt uh, minimization. And then, of course, what we're going to talk about today, how to avoid some of the blunders and mistakes that you could run into snags in retirement. Uh, no, in, in no particular order, these are just things that I feel are important in your financial life as it comes to planning for retirement. First up on the list is not really figuring out the right strategy for your pension and or social security income so with a pension payout so if you work for an employer that says if you work here 20 years 30 years you get a pension uh, it's that's a nice thing to have now there's those are a dying uh, retirement planning tool these days because a lot of employers that aren't government-based don't they no longer have these things but if you have one or you're going to be entitled to a pension payout at retirement it's not as simple as, hey, I'm retired, here's my money. Because if you're married, and then you got to make a decision on if something happens to you, how much would your spouse get? So there's a single life payout based on just your, the employee's life in retirement. There's a spousal, a joint and spousal payout. And those joint and spousal payouts could be 50% to the spouse if something happened to the primary pension holder, uh, 75% or 100% to the payout to the spouse if something happened to the primary pension holder then there's 10 years certain there's just a ton of options and don't need to go into every single detail of those options today on this radio show but based on your unique set of circumstances you have to determine what the best payout is for you and that same goes for social security if you're retiring at age 60 or 62 or 65 or 66 you have to, everyone has, this is a common question. Well, if I'm retired, as long as you're not too terribly far away from your first eligible age of Social Security, which is age 62, you got a decision to make. Do you start at early? Do you start at 62? Do you start at 63? Or any age beyond? A lot of the financial articles that we read today try to convince us that it's better for everyone just to put it off as long as you possibly can. Maybe, maybe not. The key is making their best decision for you, just like the pension. So that's blunder number one on Financial Coaching Radio today. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about some of the financial mistakes you could make in planning for your retirement. Don't go at this alone. Make sure you're working with an independent, fee-only certified financial planner. The key words or term there, fee-only. Fee-only is not fee-based. Make sure you know the differences. Another mistake people make, now this one is getting a little into the weeds a little bit because this is where I feel like you... I don't think you need to blindly just go into it and hope your financial guy or girl is doing the right, doing right by you. 
And there's not a whole lot of things you can do to control this, uh, but there's some things you can do to minimize the risk. And the risk is sequence of returns risk. It's a simple, simple way to explain this. So if you're in year one of retirement, you're taking a monthly income or an annual income off of your retirement assets. And if in that year one or year two or three, it really doesn't matter. But in those early years of retirement, if the market is in a declining phase, it could have a serious impact on how long your assets last. In contrast, the opposite well, opposite, uh, opposite scenario would be, let's say the market is just going gangbusters in your first few years of retirement. And it really sucks at the last few years of your retirement. That's, that's winning the sequence of return risk game. The declines early on in your retirement years, declines in the market, could be more detrimental than a decline later. So you still, let's say you had five down years in a, in a period of 20 years. The sequence of when those five hit are important. If they just hit sporadically, you know, the first year's down, you don't have another down year until year 10, and then you got to finish up the last, you know, but if you get three or four or five straight down years in the first 20 years of retirement, that sequence of returns could actually hinder your money lasting as long as you want it to or need it to, rather. But there's some things that you can do. There's some things, there's some strategies, there's some investment planning to be done. There's some spending strategies to be done to minimize sequence of returns risk. Look it up. Learn more about it. It's a key term. One of the biggest risks that you face other than this next retirement mistake. This next retirement mistake is getting more and more where we don't have a whole lot of options. But having a plan, having an idea, I should say, because there's not really any plan that's really going to prohibit a major issue here. But having a plan for future long-term health care costs. That would be assisted living. That would be home health care. That would be nursing home care. Those services, as you know, are just crazy expensive. And if you don't plan properly for them, or <laughs> planning properly is not really the term I like to say. If you don't just address them in some way, it could really derail your situation as far as long how long your retirement assets last. So I'd rather you know the risk, do as much as you can to minimize the risk of long-term health care, and go about your business than just to blindly hope, well, it's not going to happen to me. Because I love this phrase that uh, someone once told me right here on Financial Coaching Radio. Whether or not you are planning to pay for long-term health care, you're planning to pay for it. Because you're going to pay it. It's a, it's a situation that most of us will face as long as we don't die prematurely. Another phase of retirement planning is leaving money, assets to your beneficiaries, how to do that effectively, how to do that efficiently is all part of retirement planning and estate planning. Making sure your beneficiary forms are up to date, they're correct, they actually coincide and work seamlessly, synergistically with your estate plan, your wills, powers of attorney, whether or not you need to set up some type of charitable trust, whether or not you need to do a Roth IRA conversion before retirement or during those are things that need to be answered. Don't answer them correctly. You can make some serious retirement planning mistakes. So when people come in my office, these three or four things we just discussed today on Financial Coaching Radio are some of the biggest questions and biggest mistakes that we want to avoid. And everybody thinks it's about the sexy stuff of what the next great investment is and how to maximize returns. And those things are important. Those are important conversations, but they certainly are not the primary focus of retirement planning because your focus is 
whether you've come to terms with it or not, it's just how to make sure you don't run out of money before you pass away. You want to live a comfortable lifestyle in retirement. You don't want to run out of money. You want to leave your, your assets behind properly, effectively, with the least amount of cost. All of that and more is comprehensive financial planning. As said, as said before, and I say it every day, make sure you're working with the right type of financial planner, an independent, fee-only, certified financial planner, a guy or gal who only works for you, not an investment firm, not an insurance company, not a bank. Make sure they have the top credential of certified financial planner, CFP, and they are compensated only by you in whatever shape or form you want to compensate them. You have those three hitches in your financial planner's belt, the less likely is they're going to steer you in the wrong direction. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio taking our first break. Stick around. There's more on the way. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. back to the show this is financial coaching radio i'm your host jason qual certified financial planner joining in now is kevin sizemore cpa of tothero hell and welch an article that recently caught my mind too or my my eye is how south dakota is kind of under heat here for all the billionaires using it as a safe haven to minimize taxes i haven't really got into the weeds on that but also the biden administration warning the irs to monitor bank accounts to catch tax cheats and I think it was any deposit over what, five thousand? I thought it was any inflow, or something like that. Inflow. Is it lower than that? I thought it was six hundred dollars. Yeah. What? Oh, I've had some clients. Why did I add a zero that. to that? What is going on? Big Brother's watching. Are they monitoring bank accounts now? Uh, I th- that I've always I, thought. I well, you know, the, what's the limit now? You make the, it the, the cash t- deposit over the, ten thousand, right. it gets flagged by the Patriot Act and all other stuff. It gets flagged by the uh, the bank, and they have to report it. So there's no one watching. It's reported if it's over ten thousand. And they're reporting to Homeland Security, I think, right for think, money laundering. I think that was it's supposed to be. I think it gets reported to FDIC and to maybe Homeland Security. And and if you think about ten thousand dollars. It's ca- only cash. Oh, it's got to be cash. Well, that's, that's a lot of cash. Um, 
But I always thought that, you know, if the IRS wanted to really monitor your bank account, they couldn't. Yeah, well. But have you ever ran into an audit situation where they kind of like, you felt like they were doing that? (laughs) Uh, They knew you were lying before they sat down? I don't know. Normally when you get an audit, they're going to ask for all the bank statements for that year that are associated with you. So if you get audited, they're going to pull that information. And they can request, if you don't give it to them, they're just going to go around you to the, straight to the bank and get it anyway. So. The Biden administration wants to require financial institutions tell the IRS about aggregated inflow and outflow from bank, loan, and investment accounts, according to Treasury Department documents. The rule would apply to personal and business accounts, but it would not involve handling transaction-level details over to the IRS. The reporting will be done on an annual basis, and the threshold for reporting will be $600. So this means any transaction you're doing over $600, they just kind of keep track of it, send it in. If they need it, they got it. Here's the thing. Just be quite, just totally honest. That's gonna get they a run. That's gonna get a run on the banks, right? Right. They <laughs> they can't even handle the the job that's been set forth in front of them now, and with additional, you know, with all this additional stuff that they've passed in the last year with COVID related items, it's putting them way behind in their mail rooms. Uh, if you call them, you may be on hold. If you can even get through, and now here we go again. We're gonna give more. Uh, I don't say authority, but put place the IRS in a position where they have to do more work, and they're already saying they have they don't have enough people. It, it just makes it makes no sense to me. I wasn't aware of this. Banks already have to report to the IRS when accounts accrue interest above ten dollars. Yeah, if you get a um, what? Yeah, if ten dollars. Yeah, so ten dollars is the limit. You won't get a. 10 Are you talking about the ten ninety nine? Yeah, ten ninety nine. Oh, okay. INT. You won't you won't get those. I will say it was like some other different report. Okay. Yeah. The reporting requirement would be a dragnet for regular taxpayers, not a target on the rich. The proposal for more information amassed by financial firms and gathered by the IRS might also be asking for trouble in an age of identity theft and data breaches. Huh, never thought of that. Some banks aren't just announcing the idea with Congress. They're letting customers know about their worries. Capital City Bank, a bank in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, uh, saying the idea will invade customer privacy. Proposal's fate is far from certain, but if it becomes law, the threshold may reportedly rise to $10,000 of gross inflows. So it sounds like that $10,000 of inflows is not really being reported to the IRS now. It's still reporting it somewhere else. But they're reporting it somewhere, keeping track of it. That's right. It's just not going to the IRS. Interesting. Yeah, it's gonna. a lot of people would freak out about that. It's not going to pass, but it right. just shows you where their mind is. Why do they need that information? To stop the tax frauders. But the, the, the cost of the, the cost of doing that is going to outweigh. It, it's just going to be more than what I think the benefit they're going to receive from it. You know, that means people getting wages if they got inflows of over six hundred dollars on a direct deposit from their employer. Is that going to get reported? Businesses would need to report to the IRS on digital asset transactions above ten thousand. An average person on the income scale the IRS isn't after, say a person making $18 an hour paying rent and living expenses, would have around $60,000 in combined inflows and outflows. So that would have to be reported. Yeah, it's just sketchy, man. That's sketchy. Ah, that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I think that's just where they're... And I know some people are saying, well, if you have nothing to hide, what do you worry about? It's just that... You don't want to think about the government's watching everything you spend your money on. They watch everything. Else. I know, but it's just like 
ah, there's so many other major problems that need to be focused on. Not that tax fraud isn't one of them, because it's obviously costing taxpayers a lot of money. But giving up liberty like that, maybe we're already doing it, which is probably what the truth is. <laughs> they probably already have the ability to look into your bank account in some form or fashion. So have you heard about this, the the tax haven for billionaires in South Dakota and Costa Rica and all that? Yeah, I've heard about it, but I haven't had time to really look into it. And and my understanding is that, that South Dakota governor, that lady, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but she's touting it. I mean, like, like uh, she's proud of it, I think. South Dakota has no income tax, no inheritance tax, no capital gains tax. But the state has gone even further than that. South Dakota allows for extreme secrecy when law enforcement comes knocking to protect assets from being claimed by creditors, ex-spouses, and pretty much anyone else. So you set up everything to South, South Dakota, and they're going to keep a crap private. What does South Dakota gain there? Yeah, that's what Just I was more thinking. financial money in their system? It's more money in their system to move around. Not that anyone's going to South Dakota, you know. <laughs> just set up your business there set up you know your your shell corporation there and then you have it linked to your cayman islands account you hide it right yeah you hide it but a lot of these like a lot of these big you know tax saving places have been giving up the information and it always comes out right this, well this got leaked by that was it the hacker guy didn't he find this was that the uh the pandora papers or is that what that's talking about well, is the Pandora first or is it second? I can't remember. I don't know. This is linked to that. If, if Pandora was the first little batch of the leaked, yeah. So that's one of the clear messages from the Pandora papers leaked of confidential financial information about the world's richest individuals. I thought this had a different leak. But it's, what's his name? What's the guy that's got, he's somewhere else trying to seek refuge. He's wanted by the government. Oh, uh, that guy, yeah. The pale, pale blonde-headed guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know yeah, no, not, not Snowden, not the not the CIA uh, guy. I forgot his name. Uh, yeah, I know. You know, know what I'm talking about. But he, I think he's the one that kind of found all this and he leaks it online. <laughs> he just keeps on, like, keep on coming for him. Not to say I'm behind all of this or any of this idea, but you would just think from like, may I watch too much movies or TV? But these billionaires have some power to locate this cat, right? They could pay enough somebody enough money. More yeah. than he's got right. <laughs> to get him to stop reporting all But he keeps stuff. doing it. <laughs> oh, man. Assange. That, Assange. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Julian Assange. Yeah. But what choice do you have when you have that kind of money, right? Like, someone comes to you, a team of lawyers, say, hey, this is a strategy we can use to minimize tax and kind of protect it. Do you just say no? I, I, I want to keep know. paying this huge amount of money or... Or do you say how much is how much are you going to charge me, and is that cheaper than the tax I'm going to pay? <laughs> then how much would I pay in fines and penalties on the money they may recover? I'm sure there's some math that goes into it. Like, oh, yeah. well, the likelihood of them recovering all is way down. They may get a third of it, and you have to pay. What if you're running something through South Dakota, and then, like you said, Cayman Islands, and then to a Swiss bank account? I, there's many levels of transactions there that would your money gets dispersed, and I guess that's how they do it. I, well, how about in contrast to spending all the, this is kind of tying into the other and high level. We're not like legislation experts of how real world, but we're just thinking common sense terms. We, we deal with everyday folks, some that are normal income, some are high income, but they're not billionaires. I don't have any clients who are billionaires, no, but I'm thinking in terms of just what is deterring these guys from 
what is making them want to do this? It's taxes. It's so taxes. how about you lower the taxes, which is probably going to cost you some money, but you don't have to create these stupid programs that cost money. And maybe they're just like, you know what? Screw it. It's finally not worth my time to mess with all this stuff. And I'll just pay, well, pay whatever percent, you know, but the issue is they want more. They want more. And they like, I'm not paying any more than say 30%. And I'm going to find a way to get around paying more than 30. Right. But uh, you know, you said lower the tax rate and, and, yeah, you're going to take a hit on taxes. I, th- I think there's been studies done that when we, the United States has lowered the tax rate that actually, over the course of the next few years, increases tax revenue to the government. Because what it does is it spurs, it kind of gives a little jolt to the economy. And, of course, people are making more money. They're, yeah, they're paying less as a rate, but they're actually paying more in total dollar. So they get to keep more in their pocket, and so everyone—it's a win-win for everyone. But so well, that's they, one philosophy, right? Not everyone agrees with it, that it yeah, works. Not, not, every, not yeah, and how long it might work—I I don't know. But raising the tax rate, you know, right now the top rate's thirty-seven. They're talking about moving the the tax rate back to thirty-nine point six. Well, if they didn't want to pay it at 37, they don't, they're not going to they're do anything not. different at 39. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you have the additional Medicare tax and that investment income tax. You know, people in that rate, that rate normally are going to have those extra little taxes on top of it. So they could be possibly be taxed at a rate of about 42%. On, on well, if it's business income, we're probably looking at 60% total all in. Yeah, and... and and of course, it's a graduated rate, so not every dollar is taxed at that rate. Or it could be capital gain. You know, it's yeah, just, it could be ca- which is what talking, about twenty five, thirty percent somewhere in their max. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking about raising the ca- doing away with capital gains. And I've had a lot of people say, "Well, if that's the case, then I need to sell out and take my gains now." Well, and the government, you know, being the smart guys that they are, when they started talking about that, and they were going to do it for twenty twenty one, that was the original idea. They were going to make that retroactive back to the beginning of the year, so they they got you. So you couldn't sell out and take the lower rate uh, before the end of the year. Now they're saying, you know, some of this stuff is going to be pushed into 2022. And I just don't, for the life of me, I just don't see it passing. I, I, I just... It's like anything the government does. They they go after creating more laws when they already can't enforce the ones that they do have. And it's just to make, it's just to get votes. That's right. And then nothing really ever gets accomplished. If they got around the old laws, they'll get around the new laws. And it's just more government programs that cost regular taxpayers more money. And we end up with this complex tax system that everybody hates. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about about it on here before. To make it more simple, they think they make it more simple, but actually it just gets more convoluted every year. There's new pages written on it every year. And I think the last check there was like, what do you say, 77,000, 80,000 pages worth of tax code? Oh, And I haven't looked that up in a long time. What is it now, I wonder? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, it's who can know all that information? And who's to say... You don't make honest mistakes on your taxes. You know, the normal person that's just getting a W-2, yeah, that's easy to file a tax return. But you take a guy out here that, you know, is is successful and has multiple businesses, you know, and he's involved in multiple partnerships or S-corps or whatever you have. It's hard to wade through all the tax information, 
you know that's associated with that one guy and you think that's out of the ordinary it's not that out of the ordinary there is a lot of people out there that have to deal with this on a year-to-year basis and it's it's stressful it it, it creates anxiety for people yeah what is the the hidden cost of all that mess yeah i mean it's, it's crazy so, a decade ago, South Dakota trust companies held $57 billion in assets. The figure today is estimated at $360 billion, uh, bringing the total similar trust in other states to $1 trillion. Not only South Dakota, but also rival tax-saving states like Nevada and Delaware now rank second only to the Cayman Islands for financial secrecy. The bottom line, South Dakota offers the best privacy and asset protection laws in the country. I'm all for it. All for it. Because nobody's really said that they're breaking any laws. It's just they have it kind of secret. Yeah, I haven't had anyone come to me uh, recently and say they want to set up an LLC in South Dakota. I see you used to be back in the day, man. Back in the day, everybody wanted a Nevada corporation right. or a Utah corporation. Delaware's been Delaware, dead. yeah, Delaware. In yeah. um, Wyoming, I've seen some Wyoming ones too. And you know, it kind of works on the small level, but not like yeah. it does on the big level. Oh, yeah, on the small level, what they're saving <laughs> is the annual report fee that. Right. Like in Tennessee, you pay a three hundred dollar for an LLC. In Delaware, you pay twenty dollars. That's what you're saving, basically. It's a crazy debate in the tax world. It happens every time there's a change in administration, but it doesn't really seem to make anything better. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qualls, certified financial planner in the house of Kevin Sizemore, CPA with Tothero Hale and Welch. THWCPA.com is their website. Fifty years in the business, and right here in Middle Tennessee, we're back after this. Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Take advantage of your competition today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. They can provide you with expert bookkeeping, payroll services, tax planning, and much, much more. Go to THWCPA.com or call them at 848-1072 today. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134. Or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. We can do just about anything on the internet today. We can get medical advice, buy investments. We can even get a will for about $15. I know how enticing cheap and easy it can sound. But when you leave loved ones behind, a $15 will bought online may not cut it. As a certified financial planner, I strongly recommend that you use an estate planning attorney. Call estate planning attorney John Baker today at 896 896- 5621 or go to his website bakercouncil.com so you don't make a $15 decision that could cost your family thousands of dollars.
Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio, the one place giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell. Certainly not peddling any live event tickets. We'll leave that to the other show. Someone just hit the Powerball for about $700 million. wonder if they're going to set up a South Dakota corporation. <laughs> That's the time to do it right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Before they, uh, they announce your identity, set up your secret accounts everywhere. The tax bill on that would be... What is it? What was the lump sum? Like four hundred. Four ninety six. You buy your ticket? I haven't bought a Powerball ticket in forever. The largest one. What? Well, you're never going to win. This, is that really true? There's one point six billion dollar Powerball jackpot in 2016. One point five and eighteen. You believe everything on the internet? I don't remember that. Do you? No, I don't. Wow. Most people would take the $496 million payout that would cost them about $120 million in taxes. So if you won, would you go to work the next day? Do you have a Man, fiduciary I, 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 duty to I, I your honestly, clients? <laughs> I would probably continue to do what I do, but I would probably set up a lot of just security around the money so I couldn't mess it up or someone else couldn't steve it or something like that. But I've, I've long wondered, would it, Obviously, you can speculate on how you would feel and what you would do, but I think it would cause a lot of mental anguish having to worry about protecting that kind of money. Protecting the people that are close if, to you, too. Versus that you... Now, if you earn it, it's different. You kind of gradually get there. Right. But just plop down, life-changing money, there's a lot, a lot of things that can happen. I, I don't think most people are prepared for it. I guess the first thing you do is you call an attorney. Or a CPA. How do people reach you? Uh, <laughs> the best way is by phone, 615-848-1072. 848-1072, online, anytime, thwcpa.com. We're back right after this. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THNW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THNW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonqualscfp.com. Welcome back to the show. Great show today. We covered a lot, covered about crazy tax planning that goes on with the wealthy also, but we want to wrap it back in to everyday Americans. And there's things that you and I can do. There's things that you could do at all income levels to minimize taxes. And that's what it is. There's a fine line between tax avoidance, which is legal and tax evasion. 
The law gives you parameters to work in. The financial planning rules in the world gives you parameters to work in. There are tools and tricks and tips you can do with the right team around you. Make sure you do have the right team. Listen to this show anytime, anywhere to learn how some of our team members do correct financial planning. Go to financialcoachingradio.com, click archives. You can also go to my website, jasonqualscfp.com. Learn about why I do what I do, how I do it, what makes an independent fee-only CFP unique. Appreciate you listening today and every day. I'll be back at you tomorrow, same time, same channel. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS.